Will Smith. Y'all remember Will Smith? I like Will because he used to be a he used to be the Fresh Prince. See, I I grew up in the eighties. I don't know what. All right, word out to my brother out there. All right, um, I, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Anybody remember? Come on now, I can actually do some stuff right now. I mean, uh, I, I like I like some Fresh Prince, not, not the TV show, but I'm talking about. Oh, anyway, I, I digress. Will Smith says this. I probably read 95% of the words of the Bible, probably 60% of the Torah, and 70% of the Quran. And the thing that is so amazing to me is how everybody, in essence, believes the same thing. Thank you, Will. Madonna. I asked uh, our media guys to get a picture of Madonna. I said, but make sure you keep it G-rated. Because um, you just got to say that with Madonna. Or Esther. I don't remember her name. Madonna says this, I believe that all paths lead to God. It's a shame that we end up having so much religious wars because so many of the messages are the same. The myth that we're going to be looking at today is, are there many ways to God? Is that fact, is it truth, or is it a myth? And the message, you've got to be honest with you, it kind of feels good. Because everybody would like to say, you know what, you're not wrong, and you're not wrong, and I'm not right. We're all kind of right. And a lot of people do this today. They pick a little bit of Christianity, and they pick a little bit of Islam, and they pick a, 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 little, a little bit of Orthodox Judaism, and a little bit of Tayo, or however you say that. They just they pick and choose a lot of stuff. And they kind of throw it all in the batter and say, okay, this is what I believe. But what we're going to look at this morning is can you really pick and choose what you want to believe? Can you say, I'm going to believe a little bit of Jesus. I'm going to believe a little bit of Muhammad. I'm going to believe a little bit of whatever, Joseph Smith, whatever it is. Can you just pick and choose? It's amazing in this culture today, everybody's talking about God. Everybody. You, you, you listen to Oprah. You listen to Dr. Phil. You listen to Jerry Springer. All right? Everybody's talking about Jerry Springer. They talk about God, and then they throw chairs. But everybody's talking about God. They can talk about spirituality. They can talk about mysticism. They can talk about karma. You know, good feelings coming at you right now. Feel it? All right? You can talk about anything, but you start talking about Jesus, and people get all tied up in knots. You can talk about anything, but you can't talk about Jesus Christ. So the myth is, is there many ways to God, or is there only one way? That's what we're going to be looking at today. Whenever you say Jesus is the only way, people tend to write you off and say you're a bigot, you're closed-minded, um, you're very narrow. Uh, we're going to look at that today. Let's look at the claims of Jesus, because you've got to... Be honest with you, most people do not deny that Jesus existed. You, I mean, even his detractors say, yeah, he existed. He probably did some miracles. That's, that's not what they get all in an uproar about. They get in an uproar when he says he is the only way. So the debate is really about the exclusivity of Jesus Christ. I had to look up that word before this morning. John fourteen six says this. This is going to be on your screen. Jesus said to him, I am what? The way and, say it again, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. No one gets to God. No one gets to heaven. No one gets to the Father but 
through me. Uh, John 10.30 says this. I and the Father are what? One. So he claims to be God. I'm going to keep on reading. He said, again, the Jews picked up stones to stone him. But Jesus said to them, I have shown you many great miracles from the Father. For which of these do you stone me? We're not stoning you for any of these, replied the Jews. But for what? We are stoning you for blasphemy. Because you are a mere man. You claim to be God. You see, that's where people get hung up. But it's those claims that freaks everybody out. Jesus can't be the only way. How narrow-minded are you Christians? I mean, come on. They see heaven is like a big mountain. And you can take one path up. You can take another path up. You can take another. But they all lead to the summit. I'm reading a good book right now by Dan Kimball saying uh, they like Jesus, but they hate the church. And the entire chapter is devoted on, are there many ways to God? Because a lot of people, they like the pick and choose method. I'm going to have a little bit of Jesus here because Jesus is my homeboy. I'll have a little bit of this religion here, a little bit, and I'll pick and choose. Mahama, Buddha, Confucius, the Dalai Lama, none of them claim to be God. That's what separates Jesus from all of those other fellows. That's one of the things I should say that separates Jesus from all of those fellows. Is they don't claim to be God. And let's be honest, deciding and getting your answer over this issue, you better have an answer for. You better have an answer for. Because the answer you come up with this decision will determine, will determine where you spend eternity. Where you're going to end up after you die. If Jesus is who He says He is, He's God. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Then our lives should reflect who He is. That He is the Son of God. He's resurrected. He did all of those miracles. He came and died on the cross for you and me. Then we should live our lives in total abandon to Him and making the most of His name. If that's who Jesus says He is. But if Jesus is not who He says He is, and He's not the only way, then i got to be honest with you. You're wasting your time here this morning. We should close the doors, and we should turn on a movie, and let's watch whatever's showing. Because it's that decisive, it's the, and it's also that divisive to so many people. You have to have an answer for this. Is it true, or is it not true? Are there many ways to God, or is there... A host of different ways. Let's look at some of the things that Jesus said about himself and also what other people said about Jesus. Let's test his credibility. And by doing this, we're going to examine three things. The first is this, what people said about Jesus. Now, you may think, well, Chris, you're just going to get people and things in the Bible that they were his friends and they said he was a son of God, this and that. And yes, his friends did say that. But actually, I'm going to look at something totally different because let's see what Jesus' enemies had to say about Jesus. Let's examine what people said about Jesus. The first one, let's look at Pilate. Let me give you a little bit of background about Pilate. Pilate was a Roman. Jesus was a Jew. Those didn't mix. Pilate was the governor of Jerusalem, and he was getting a lot of pressure to kill this man named Jesus Christ. 
So all of the religious Jews, the Pharisees, we've talked about those jokers before, they come up and they say, crucify him, crucify him, and they bring, this, they bring Jesus to Pilate. And crucify him. Let's look at what Pilate has to say in John chapter 18, verse 38. This is where he says, Pilate asked the question, what is truth? What is truth? With this he went out again to the Jews and said, talking about Jesus, I find no basis for a charge against him. Another version of the Bible, it's translated this way, I find no fault in him. I mean, he hasn't done anything wrong. Try this. The next time you're, you think that you're the son of God, ask your coworkers if they find any fault in you. Or even better, ask your wife if, the, if she finds any fault in you. I asked my wife that. She says, do you want a list? I mean, where do you want me to stop? I mean, you got a couple of pages? And I'm like, okay, stop right there. Thank you very much. Because the people who know us best also know our weaknesses best as well. You see, we all have a lot of faults. Pontius Pilate, who was looking for an excuse to kill him, who was looking for an excuse to get the Jews off his back and just say, okay, you can crucify him. He goes out and he says, I've looked. I've looked and i looked, and I can't find anything wrong with this man named Jesus Christ. Look at what the people said about him. The Roman soldiers who actually put him to death, uh, they, didn't, they didn't think a lot about Jews, and they just saw this Jewish carpenter, and the mob was getting riled up. Okay, let's kill him. So that's what they did. Matthew 27, 54 Jesus dies, the earth shakes, the ground trembles, and the veil of the temple is ripped in two. Look at verse 54 of Matthew 27. It says this, When the centurion and those who were with him were guarding Jesus, saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified. And they exclaimed, Say it with me, folks. They said, Surely he was the Son of God. The enemies of Jesus who crucified him said, I think we uh, put to death the wrong person. I think, I think he was the Son of God. So we've looked at what his enemies said. But what about what Jesus did? What did Jesus do? I mean, we see what people say about it, but let's look at what he did. I mean, that's, that's really important if you think about it. Um, Mark 6.2 says this. What's this wisdom that has been given to him that he even does what? Miracle. How many of you have done a miracle? Anyone? I have never performed a miracle. Jesus performed miracles all the time. What's some of the miracles that he, he, he did? Well, he turned the water into wine in a marriage ceremony. He... Um, he healed blind eyes. He opened deaf ears. He made, he made the mute to speak. The man with the withered hand, he healed his hand. The, the man who could not walk, the paralytic, the dude got up and started dancing in church. Right? I mean, he, 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 he threw out demons out of people. He, he, uh, he walked on water. He, he fed 5,000 people. Bless you. He cured sneezes. All right? I mean, he did all kinds of miracles. 
And not even the Pharisees, his, his enemies, said, well, he's not doing any miracles. They saw him do miracles. They never ever said, no, he didn't. He even raised his best friend from the dead. His name was Lazarus. They, the Pharisees never attacked the validity of his miracles. Never. They just wanted him to stop. Stop that. You're causing a stink. Stop it. And Jesus said, okay, no. <laughs> and he kept on because he was here to obey God and not man. So that's what he did. He did a lot of things. But let's, even more importantly, let's look at what God did. What did God do? We looked at what people said about him. We looked about what Jesus did. But what did God do? There's anything, one thing that pops out of Scripture is this. That Scripture claims that after Jesus died and was crucified, that he rose again. He rose again. It's amazing. When Peter is talking in the book of Acts, he starts uh, talking, and he says, Hey, listen, this Jesus, uh, 3.15, you killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. We've seen this. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. That's what God did. Um, We just didn't hear about it. We saw him risen. You know, again, nobody debates that Jesus really lived. Nobody even debates that Jesus probably did miracles. It's this one right here that they attack. Ah, Jesus didn't raise from the dead. And they come up with a couple of different excuses. First excuse is this. Well, the Roman soldiers, after they killed him, they stole the body of Jesus. Okay. Think about this with me. Let's just put on our thinking caps this morning, and let's have a little bit of conversation. The Romans were the enemies of Jesus. They're the ones that killed him. And they wanted nothing more than to stop this new uh, religion called Christianity. If they stole the body and Peter's out here preaching, hey, he's risen from the dead, what did the only thing they had to do was just bring the body? You say he rose from the dead? Well, here, look what we got here. We got the body of Jesus. It's amazing they never did that. Hmm, maybe because they didn't have the body. All right, another argument is this one, that the disciples stole the body. That's another good one. Let's talk about that one. All right, the disciples, these 11 fellas, four who were fishermen, one who was a tax collector, probably looked a little mousy, all right, that they actually came to this Roman guard while they were, uh, supposedly the Roman guard was maybe not looking, uh, and this little tax collector of dude beat up on these green berets of a Roman soldiers. Mm. Okay, uh, and even if that happened, you still have the testimony of the Roman guards saying, yeah, that Levi dude, he, he put a whipping on me. That, that tax collector, he's a mean little dude. But the Romans, the soldiers never did that. In fact, the Roman soldiers who were guarding Jesus' grave were the best of the best. They were the UFC type of fellas. They kind of, they had guns on them. Kind of look like me. All right. That ain't funny. Anyway, I mean, they, they were the best. And if they were caught sleeping at their post, they were immediately killed, beheaded. That's how high of a standard that the Romans had on their soldiers. So I doubt that is how it happened. Well, And think about it this way. If the disciples did steal the body, let's just keep on going with this a little bit. Would they have all died for a lie? 
I mean, there's 12 disciples. Judas, he failed. All right, he got an F. He uh, killed himself uh, earlier. That's not the reason he failed. He failed because he chose not to listen to Jesus. He didn't have a relationship with him. Okay, 11 other disciples. One died of old age after he was boiled alive in oil. All right, can you imagine what he looked like? All right, he died of old age. That's John. The other ten were tortured, excommunicated, killed. Some were beheaded. Some were ran through with spears. Some were crucified upside down. Peter and his entire family. Do you think they would have been tortured and killed all for a lie? With no personal gain, with no benefit. They're not making any money from this. Uh, the only the reason they would have done it, they would have killed and, and, and been tortured all to make the world a better place? Come on. Come on. I don't think they would have been cast out and lost and despised and rejected and abused, tortured and martyred, them and their entire family, all for a lie. The idea that there are many ways to God is politically correct and it feels good and it makes us all feel really good about ourselves. The issue is this. You can't say Jesus and something because Jesus says himself, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. And no one comes to the Father but through me. So who was Jesus? Let's look at who Jesus was. There's three options, again. Jesus could have been a liar, he could have been a lunatic, or he's the Lord. Let's look at the first one, liar. Jesus was a liar, like the rest of us, because, hey, we all lie. If you say you don't lie, you're a liar, because we've all lied, right? So Jesus was really just like the rest of us. And you got to think of it. If Jesus was a liar, you've got to admit, he's a pretty good one. He's a pretty good one. I mean, he convinced these men, these 12 men, to leave their families to leave their businesses and for three, three and a half years follow him. And, I mean, he must have been a really good salesman and a liar if that's what he was, a liar. I mean, at some point you got to think Jesus sat back and said, I can't believe I pulled this off. I mean, can you, can you get over that? I pulled, and, and there may be people 2,000 years from now still talking about me because of the lie that I did. Okay, if Jesus is a liar, you've got to think at some point he's got to break. I don't know what his breaking point is. I don't know what your breaking point is. But at some point, liars will break because, he's, hey, he's not Jack Bauer. So uh, I don't know when his breaking point is. I know uh, he, since he was working with wood and stone, he was probably a really, he was tough. So um, it may, his breaking point may have been when the Roman soldiers arrested him, and with their rings on their fingers, just kept on beating him and beating him in the face and beating him in the face and pulled out chunks of his beard until they beat him until you couldn't tell if it was the face of a, a human or an animal. That could have been his breaking point, but maybe he was tough. His breaking point may have been when the, the Roman lictor, this Roman fellow who was a professional um, persecutor, if you would, he had this cat of nine tails. And it's just like a small broom handle attached with leather whips. And at the end of these whips were, were uh, metal balls and chunks of glass and bone that they would take it and, and they would come and they would hit the back of Jesus. And as they would hit, those balls would bruise and break blood vessels 
in there until the more they hit, eventually his skin was torn open and exposed vital organs. And as those bones and glass sliced him, if you all seen the Passion of the Christ, you know exactly how brutal that was. I thought as I was watching, it was even more brutal than the crucifixion, if that could even be. Maybe that was his breaking point. But maybe he's really, really tough. Maybe when they put him down on that wooden beam and they stretched him out, spread eagle, and they got the nails, if he was a liar, Jesus said, you know what, fellas? I was joking. It was a goof. I was just playing. You know, I'm a carpenter, and uh, I was just around wood all day, wood on Monday, wood on Tuesday, wood on Wednesday. And, you know, I, 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 I was just joking. Just let me go and let me go home. We'll, we'll call it a day. But he didn't do that. Because Jesus, I do not believe, was a liar. Well, if he's not a liar, the next option is this. Maybe he's a lunatic. Maybe he should have been put in the funny farm. Um, that's an option. Um, he may have been crazy. But think about this. Those people like you think of David Koresh and Jim Jones, Charles Manson, they all had savior complexes. But they all had a history of disturbing behavior. Jesus never had that history of disturbing behavior. This is the man who said, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. He was not violent. He was a man who loved. So it doesn't really fit the whole lunacy model. If he's not a liar and he's not a lunatic, the only third option we have is Jesus is Lord of all. Jesus is Lord. He's Lord of everything. You know, I think about today why most people don't have a lot of respect or worship for Jesus Christ. And I truly believe it's this. It's because the picture we've painted of Jesus is a very false picture. We, we've painted Jesus to be this meek and mild, very effeminate carpenter. And you think, well, I could beat that dude up. Well, number one, I don't think you probably could. Um, and number two... Jesus was poor, but I believe Jesus was very strong. See, most the reason why we don't worship Him like we should is because we only see, we've painted Jesus in our image, and we only see the first part of the story. But what, what will Jesus be like? What will He look like when He comes back the second time? The book of Revelation, John, the fellow I had mentioned earlier who got boiled in oil, he writes this. He's seeing these... Uh, these things happen in the future. Revelation 19.11 says this, I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice, he judges and makes what? Oh, you betcha. Uh, his eyes are like a blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped with blood, and his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on a white horse, dressed in fine linen. Jesus shows up in white. When any, any, anytime you ever go see somebody dressed in white at a fight, you don't want to mess with them. But why? Because you know they ain't expecting to get anything on them. They ain't going to put you down. Look at Jesus. I'm going to keep on going. Fine linen, white and clean, and out of his mouth comes a sharp sword. 
for which he strikes down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of his fury of the wrath of God Almighty. And on his robe and on his thigh he has names written. I like that. He has tattoos written on his thigh. That's what the Bible says. Names written. Let's say out, what, what is that name? Let's say it out loud. The name is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Think, I mean, he shows up and he looks more, he doesn't look like that effeminate peasant dude that we've all seen with the blonde hair, you know, long hair. He looks like a, somebody who rides a Harley. I mean, somebody, and, I, I'm, and I'm not trying to, you think, well, you're being heretical. I'm not, I'm just saying, somebody, when I see this and I read this picture, that's not somebody I want to mess with. That's somebody I want to mess with because he's bigger than I am. And he's burly. I mean, think about Jesus' very birth strip, uh, he, it split time in two. Jesus is Lord of all. Now, that may be what we say we believe in here, but I'm going to change it just a little bit. Let's talk about you. What do you believe? Do you believe he's just another, another person, another teacher? Or is he Lord of all? You know, in Jesus, he starts asking his friends, those disciples around him. He says, hey, what do people say that I am? And some people say this. Well, you know, you're John the Baptist. Uh, you're Elijah. You're Moses. You're, you're all of these people. And then Jesus looks at Peter and he says, but who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of the living God. Who do you say that Jesus is this morning? You know, I'm not just saying what you just verbalize in your mouth, but how do you live your life compared to who He is? Because all of us, it's easy. We may have walked an aisle. We may have been dunked. We may have been uh, christened as a child, however, whatever religion you came from. That's not really what I'm talking about. I'm saying, do you live your life from day to day like He is the risen Lord? And let me tell you, if you live your life and you believe that He is Lord of all, let me tell you what you did this past week. This past week, you spent a lot of time reading His Word, the Bible, because you believe that this is your bread, this is your sustenance, and you just can't wait to get in here and read and read and read. That's what you did if you truly believe He's Lord of all. Or maybe you're, you're, you prayed a lot. I mean, you just talked to God a lot, a lot, a lot. I mean, because that's what you do with your friend. That's what you do when someone you're intimate with. You speak with them. You communicate with them. If you truly believe that He is Lord of all, you, you're spending time and, and you're up at night thinking about how can I tell other people about Him. Because you want your friends and co-workers to know about Jesus Christ if you truly believe that He's the Lord of all. If you believe that Jesus is Lord, let me tell you what you didn't do. You didn't spend a lot of time worrying about your job. Because you know that one day that job is going to go by the way of the dodo. You didn't spend a lot of time worrying about your house. And, and trying to, because you know the house, it's going to eventually go. You didn't spend a lot of time trying to accumulate stuff because Jesus is your main priority. Or is He? I've got to be honest with you. Sometimes when I look at my life, I don't, see, I don't see that He, that my actions in my life reflect 
Him being Lord of all. So maybe He's not Lord of all. Maybe He's not your Lord. Maybe He's not your Savior this morning. Maybe He's not. Know that He wants to have a personal relationship with you. That He has come so that you can have life. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says this. There is salvation in no one else. For there is no under name under heaven that has been given among men which we must be saved. That name is Jesus Christ. Are there many ways to God? I hope you have an answer for that this morning. I hope you have an answer for that. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we, uh, we come to you this morning. And Lord, I pray. Lord, there's some people here that they just, uh, they're struggling with that answer. Is there many ways to God? It, have, I done, have I done enough good works? Have I been baptized enough? Have I been to church enough? Have I given enough? And Lord, we know that it's not about what we've done, but it's about what your son did on the cross. Lord, I... I know there's some people in here today that they need to begin that relationship with you. That they need to be able to say, Jesus, Lord, I ask you to come into my heart and in my life. I know that I've messed up. I know that I'm a sinner. And I know I can't make it. I can't get to heaven by anything that I do. But Lord, I know that I can receive eternal life because you give it to me through your Son. Pray a prayer like that. And look, there's some of you I know that you've already prayed that prayer. You have begun that relationship. But you're struggling because your life this past week has not reflected Him being Lord of all. Lord, I just pray, Lord, that us, because I'm there, Lord, that we would be able to be able to start afresh and anew this morning saying that you are Lord and that I will follow you. Lord, we praise you. And it's in Jesus' great big name that we pray.